Have you ever been around a name dropper? You ever go to a party or a, you know, some gathering? I hate to say this, I've been to several pastors' conventions and conferences and you stand around certain people and they start dropping names all over the place. Well, you know, I know so-and-so. Well, you know, so-and-so said this. I know this person. I know that person. I mean, they drop so many names, you trip to get out of the room. I mean, they're just name droppers, name droppers. And they probably do that to impress people. They drop a few names here and there. I don't know about you, but, but have any of you been like me and got a ticket? Traffic ticket? Yeah, I've, I've got. You know, I always start thinking whenever I see the lights behind me and the guy's pulling me over. I think, is there anybody I know in the sheriff's department? Is there anyone I know down there on Leeds? Or it's not Leeds, I guess it's Lockwood. Is there anybody that I know? Yeah, I don't want to be on Leeds, do I? That's where the detention center is. You know, I don't want to be there. <laughs> You're always thinking, is there somebody in Columbia that I know? Do I know a magistrate? Do I know, do I know? If, because if I can drop a name, maybe, maybe, if I drop this name... It will help me navigate and finesse through this situation in a way that is beneficial to me. So, so name dropping, name dropping can have its benefits in certain situations. In fact, most of you have heard the old saying, it's not how much you know, it's, yeah, so you know that saying too. Now I'm going to tell you something right now, in the kingdom of God, that's exactly how it works. When it comes to battling the enemy, it's exactly how it works. Let me read this real quick to you. Come on, I'm going to move fast. Will you listen fast this morning? And you're going to get a whole lot of truth in a few short moments. And you're going to be just a crazed individual that will go out there and defeat the enemy. John 14, verse 13 says this. Jesus, it's in red. And whatever, say whatever. You know what whatever means in the Greek? Exactly, exactly. That's what it means. Whatever you ask. In my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. And then finally, I want to read Luke chapter 10 verse 17 because this has to deal with defeating the enemy. Luke 10 17, this is what we read. It says, then the 70 returned with joy saying these words, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name. You know, there's a story that is told of Spurgeon, an old Baptist pastor, how he went calling and went to visit one of his uh, shut-in members, an elderly woman who was impoverished, bedridden, malnourished. And as he stopped by to see her and attend to her, he noticed as he was visiting there, as she was convalescing, in a room, he noticed there on the wall a document that was beautifully framed, ornately written out. And he began to ask her about it. And she said that it was, it was something that a woman who, had, who was English nobility had given her 
sort of as a thank you for the years of her service to her in that particular family. And uh, she was proud of it. It was, it was pretty. It was an ornate document. So she hung it on the wall, framed it. Spurgeon looked at the woman and said, ma'am, can, can you read exactly what this document says? And she said, no, sir, I, I, I can't read. He said, well, it's a bequest. It's a will of sorts. In fact, she left you, this English noble woman, she left you an incredible inheritance, an incredible amount of money. In fact, it won't just meet your need, but it would actually lift you up out of this poverty and it would set you up incredibly for life. But she didn't know what it said, so she just hung it on the wall and it became only a pretty ornament. She was impoverished on so many levels, but yet there on the wall, there was an authorization for her to receive abundance and victory. Now, I I believe that's indicative of the church world. We have been hoodooed. We've been hijacked by our ignorance. Do you understand the Greek word for testament? Testament is a will. You've heard a last will and testament. So we've been given a bequest. We've been given a will. And the bequest or the will is accessed through the name of Jesus. It's interesting, in the book of Philippians, and again, I've got to read these quickly to you, but this is such a good good passage. Philippians 2 verse 9 says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him, meaning Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth. And, And so at the name of Jesus, everything the scripture tells us is subject to him. So let me ask you this question. Does sickness have a name? Sure it does. Some of you have named your sicknesses. The flu, cancer, infection, sinusitis. I mean, I mean, there are names to these things. I got good news. At the name of Jesus, every name, see, every name must bow. Do addictions have a name? Sure, sure they do. Addictions have a name. Do problems have names? Yeah, yeah I can name a few. Problems have names. Do bondages have names? Does the enemy have a name? Jesus has a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee... Cancer bows at the name of Jesus. Bondages bow at the name of Jesus. Addiction bows at the name of Jesus. Circumstances bow at the name of Jesus. You've heard me say this before. We serve a king, and he's no figurehead king. He's a real live king who exercises rule in the earth through his kingdom. And when we acknowledge his kingly rule and stature by his name, we have the right to use it as the children of God. Recently, uh, Bethany, my son's wife, was in an automobile accident. Now, they're all fine. Nothing happened. Nobody was hurt. They live in Gainesville, Georgia, and we're working through getting you know the automobile taken care of because it totaled total the Land Rover, unfortunately. So the Land Rover went to the great car lot in the sky. I mean, it is, it is totaled mess. But we began working through all the insurance issues of, of, of getting that thing taken care of. And one of the things that I'm having to do is I'm having to get powers of attorney to different people in order that in Georgia they can deal 
with that Land Rover. And so I have to sign these papers, give them power of attorney so they can deal with the automobile. Now, what that means is this, that whoever receives that piece of paper with power of attorney can transact business just as if it were me standing there. They can do what they need to do with regards to that automobile as if I were there in Gainesville myself, standing there, signing my own name. They have the same exact authority as I have. It is a legally binding document recognized by any court. Now, you need to realize that the kingdom of God works on that same principle. We've been given a power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. Every time you use the name of Jesus as a child of God, exercising your rights in him, it's as if Jesus himself were standing there. Are you with me? You have that kind of authority. Now, I just want to give you a quick biblical example of how it works. Are you listening fast? Come on now. From time to time, you will hear people tell you that the book of Acts is not for today, or they will want to disqualify certain aspects of the book of Acts that they read about because, you know, the book of Acts is kind of a wild book when you read it. You know, you got healing in here. You got tongues in here. You got miracles going on in here. I always find it interesting that everybody wants to discount or disqualify all that wild stuff, but they don't want to disqualify all the salvation that's going on in the book of Acts. I always found that fascinating, but I guess that's just called schizophrenic hermeneutic. I mean, they're just kind of double-minded there. You know, the Bible tells us, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is profitable for doctrine. All scripture, didn't say some, said all. All scripture is profitable for doctrine. Now, I want you to listen to Acts chapter 3. Listen to what goes on here. It says in 3 verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They're still practicing some of their Judaism here. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered in. In other words, he's crippled. He has no way of making income. He's just begging as people go to church. He's just sitting outside the front doors of the church, begging as people are going in. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he seizes the gentleman's eyes, And he says, look at us, because they are about ready to plug in some precept. Here's the key to successful Christian living. You've got to learn to plug in precept. And they're fixing to plug in some precept here. Verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. So here we see the name being administered or being plugged in. Verse 7. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, meaning the guy at the temple gate, leaping up, stood up, walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Now, Peter and John come, they administer the name, 
out of the name, the result is the cripple stands up thoroughly healed and begins to walk and worship God there in the temple. Now, you read these particular passages, and I've had folks do this through the years to me. They'll say, well, it seems like you're pulling out just a few words and emphasizing them to a place that maybe, maybe that wasn't the whole emphasis. Maybe that wasn't the whole deal. Maybe that wasn't, you know, the way it ought to be looked at. Well, let me just share with you in verse 12, because people ask them the very same question. It says, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, because all the people are going, wow, man, crazy. That's wild. And he says, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? So he begins to say, let me tell you, I'm fixing to tell you what happened here. Just drop the verse 16. After he tells them to repent, you know, all of us killed the Lord. You need to understand you need to get your life right. And then he drops in verse 16 and he says, and his name. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What happened was he tells them, he says, I'll tell you how this whole deal works right now. We came in, got nothing in and of ourselves, but because we're children of God and we've got power of attorney in the kingdom of God, we administered the name of Jesus, in healing to this man. And because of the power and authority that is in his name, he jumped up and he began to walk. That's exactly what Jesus said that you and I would do in Matthew chapter 18. See, this is what we're going to start practicing because we've got some miracles we need. Amen? Amen. He, He says this, Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, Concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in their midst. Mark 16, it gets wilder. Mark 16, 17, he says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything, it will by no means hurt them. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover in my name. So put it up there, guys. Here's the equation for all of you math gurus. Here it is. The biblical equation. You embrace the truth. You mix it with faith. You administer it in the name of Jesus. And supernatural happenings and miracles can begin to take place. I'm done, really, with this. Do you know why, in the day and age we're living in, why it is that you can, you can sort of say the name God, but they don't want you to say the name of Jesus? How far do I have to go with that? Do you understand? It's not, I mean, we can walk around and say, I love God, I know God, God is good, God is great. You know, we can, we, can, we can do that, and a lot of people believe in God. Do you understand that believing in God is one thing? Muslims believe in God. I mean, Hindus believe in God. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful, but everything's God to them. Buddhists believe in God. I mean, a lot of people believe in God. I mean, God is not the issue as a whole. I mean, there is a God, 
And he is to be, he is to be worshipped. But we got to understand, and this is what makes Christianity unique. And I'll say this one more time. The reason the Roman culture got so irritated with Christians was not because they worshipped God. For goodness sake, the average Roman citizen had all kinds of gods on their fireplace hearth. They had hundreds of gods. In fact, when the Christians came into the Roman Empire, the Romans at first said, well, that's great. We've got all kinds of gods. We'll just put your God up there on the fireplace hearth as well. Their problem wasn't that Jesus couldn't be one of numbers of gods. Their problem was when they came around saying that there is no name given among men by which we must be saved besides the name of Jesus. Every name that is given among men, whether it be in heaven or in earth, it comes under the name of Jesus. See, that's what irritated them. It irritates them to this very day. You're just exclusive. You're right. We're a little exclusive. We believe that the name of Jesus is what makes it happen. It's what turns things into gear. It's how God saves you and makes you whole and causes you to prosper. It's the name of Jesus. You can't look at situations and say, well, I believe in God, and so God's going to help me. No, you need to say, in the name of Jesus, you shall bow. In the name of Jesus. We've got to start saying the name of Jesus more. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. It's the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, he said, if Jesus be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto him. If Jesus is lifted up. In the name of Jesus. You want to be healed? Jesus can heal you. You want to be set free? Jesus can set you free. I mean, you, you, you need your situation to change. Jesus, the spirit of Jesus can come and do that. It's, it's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. That's not me. That's Jesus. It's him. Amen. Amen. So don't you be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Man, there's power in that name. That's why you hear me say a lot of times, I'll pray and I'll say, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Not in the name of the nebulous God that I don't want to mention his real name lest somebody get offended. Don't be surprised if you just wither away and die doing things like that. But you start speaking the name of Jesus and you watch supernatural happening start to take place. Amen? Let's stand. Will you stand with me, please? Amen. Trace, why don't you come help me? Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as we wrap up service today, Lord, we've put out a number of things to your people for consideration and for prayer. I know that they've come this day into the house of God with personal considerations and need that uh, they would solicit prayer for. And Lord, today we just recognize and we declare boldly and with full confidence that in the name of Jesus, <laughs> no other name but the name of Jesus, Lord, you can change our situations. In the name of Jesus, I declare healing, and wholeness 
In the name of Jesus, I declare freedom and deliverance and release. In the name of Jesus, I declare doors to be opened and others to be shut. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we begin to intercede for those that desperately need you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you would cause favor to rest upon us as we go into land deals to build the house of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't claim that land for God alone, but we claim it in the name of Jesus. That's the name in whom we preach. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now there are relationships that are teetering. There are relationships that are broken. In the name of Jesus, we declare mending over them right now. Come on now, if that's you, you just need to say, in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's right now the enemy stirring up problems in people's lives and they've not known how to deal with it. But Lord, right now we just say, in the name of Jesus. We break your hold, your strategy, your tactics, your instigations. And in the name of Jesus, we begin to declare victory in the camp. Our victory comes in the name of Jesus. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call and be healed. In the name of Jesus, there's power in this room. In the name of Jesus, there's authority in this room. In the name of Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. In the name of Jesus, that which man would write off, God says, I'll write down. 
And before we go, we do this almost every Sunday. So you know I'm only going to take just a moment or two, but God's knocking on people's hearts. And if you need before you go today just to receive prayer and get back on track, you may have years ago made a decision and a confession. That's great. And I appreciate that and respect it. But I don't care what happened years ago. All I care about is where you're at this moment. Where, where you're going. How life can be different. It starts with getting, getting everything between you and the Lord. Under the blood, forgiven. Set yourself back on track. So when you say in His name, you can say it because you're a child of the King. Don't be like those seven sons of Sceva. You know, they faced the enemy and they, they said this. They said, in the name of the one whom Paul preaches. And that, that old devil just jumped right on him. You can't say, well, you know, pastor said that. So in the name of Jesus, like pastor preached, you're going to get jumped on. But why don't you get your heart positioned right with God? And you can say with confidence, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's a sweet name. It's a sweet name. How about you? The Holy Spirit's working. And we just ask folks to slip out and come forward. And we'll pray with you because the Lord said, the Lord said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, well, I'll have to not deny you before the Father. So if you want to come this morning and get heart issues right, well, you won't even be the first one. I've got two that have slipped out already. How about you? How about you? Come on. Come on. Just slip on down. Come on, just slip on down. Some of my guys, Trace has some of her ladies, just come on down and just gather around people. Call upon Want everybody in the house now to repeat after me. Absolutely everybody. Say, Dear Jesus, I confess this morning all waywardness, sin, any rebellion, and I ask your forgiveness. May the blood that you shed begin to cleanse me now as I repent and I turn from it and I turn to you. And I declare right now that I believe with all my heart that you are the very Son of God. 
And I receive you and your presence in newness and renewal into my heart. I believe you were raised from the dead to give me power to live successfully and victoriously. And so I say confidently, in the name of Jesus, I am a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I am victorious in you. In the name of Jesus, I am successful and whole and free in Jesus' name. Come on now, let's give him a great big hand clap. Come on, give him a big hand clap. All right, everybody say next week. One more time. Next week, I'm going to be in the house of God. We're going to see a miracle, aren't we? Come on now, it's the start of a lot of miracles. Come on now, Charleston. We'll be saved. This isn't, this isn't about just building a building. Let me tell you, it's going to be pretty simple in some ways. All I need, all I need is a barn for the harvest. I've learned that through the years. Just give me a roof. I do like an air conditioner in the summertime, though. I do like that. We're going to do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we're going to do it. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit here today. Thank you, Lord, for the confidence we can have in you. And Lord, I personally thank you for the people that have gathered in this house this morning. I've said it, Lord, before, but I say it again. They are a good, they're sweet people. And Lord, I pray right now you do phenomenal things through them now, starting this afternoon through Saturday night of this upcoming week. Lord, we're believing you. Our eyes are upon you. We're focused and fixed on you. And as we go our separate ways now, Lord, we go in your presence realizing that you'll not leave us nor forsake us, but you'll follow us all through this week and on beyond through the rest of our lives. And we love you a lot, sir. And we bless your name. Come on now, we bless your name. And we just say, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Come on now, greet one another before you go this morning. Hug some necks. Encourage each other. Be a blessing. And you are released. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you on Wednesday. If not, we'll see you next Lord's Day. God bless.